Winning isn't everything. Just ask unhappy little nine-year-old Greta, clad in her green suit with a feathered archer's cap, carrying an outsized bow and a quiver filled with arrows as she trudges down 46th Street on her way home. It was a warm Halloween afternoon. Fall had painted the trees lining 46th Street with brilliant reds and yellows before the onslaught of winter's muted gray tones. Kids were all saying that this will be great weather to trick or treat without having to wear our daggone coats because people can't see our costumes. More good news was that this year they'd been allowed to go home at lunchtime to change into their costumes and come back to school for the parade. How good was that? Greta thought it was wonderful. Greta, the lady in green, was always considered a tomboy. The term, seldom used today, meant that she had more interest in watching her dad work on cars than learning how to cook. She loved to play in her dad's garage and zip around the shop on a little device the mechanics called creepers. She used them like a scooter, cruising around the shop, talking and laughing with the mechanics. She was delighted when her dad would pop a dot of grease on the tip of her nose and would run around the garage displaying her brand for all to see. She liked the people who worked in her dad's garage. She imagined them being like her idol Robin Hood's band of friends that he called his merry men. Greta absolutely adored him. And this Halloween was her big chance she would become him for the day. Greta and her classmates walked to school each day, and on this Halloween, they would be going home for lunch to change into their costumes. It was a wonderfully exciting day for the kids. Greta was barely able to contain herself. This morning at school was a blur. All she could think of was her costume and the contest in the afternoon. It was going to be wonderful. She skipped home with her girlfriend Penny, who this year would be a fairy princess, both chattering like little squirrels. When she arrived home, she flew up the steps and into the kitchen. Her mother bought green material from Wakeman's sewing shop and made a green hat exactly like Robin's, replete with pheasant feather. She too was excited and couldn't wait to present young Robin Hood with her new archer's cap. She found just the right kind of feather at the Kreskys and Greta absolutely screeched with delight when she saw it. To put the icing on the cake, her dad allowed her to use his bow, quiver and arrows as part of her costume. This, in combination with her green tights, shorts and the wonderful hat was magical a girl transformed. She was so excited she chattered and fidgeted so that she could barely finish the peanut butter sandwich and milk her mother had prepared for her lunch. Mother couldn't help but smile at her entranced little girl with the milk mustache. She laughed and wondered if Robin Hood ever had a milk mustache like Greta's. Greta and her mother trooped out into the living room where mother helped her dress and adjust her costume. The feather had to be just right. When the job was complete, they both stood in front of the hall mirror to admire the transformation. Greta hopped up onto the ottoman and with 
passion shouted out a line from the TV show, Not a penny for the king, Prince John. And they both burst out laughing. Mother said, Get down from there, Robin. Penny's here. You better be off or you'll be late. She kissed her mother on the cheek and ran to the door to greet Penny. Princess Penny, replete with scepter, tiara, and cape, looked radiant in her costume. As was the practice then, mothers used bits and pieces of things they found around the household to hand-make Halloween costumes. Penny's mother used pieces of Penny's older sister Rachel's confirmation dress to create Penny's princess outfit. She said, Rachel won't miss her dress. Where would she wear it anyway? She gets confirmed once. Now you get to be princess. It's all good. The girls looked at one another and told each other how amazing they both looked in their outfits and were certain that the other would win the prize. Then off they went. Robin and the princess, skipping and giggling excitedly all the way back to school. And in their minds, Penny was no doubt on her way to a ball at the castle, while Greta imagined she was on the trail that would end in Sherwood Forest. When they arrived at school, they signed in and went to the playground where the teachers would line up the kids with their classmates. Then they'd march around the perimeter of the playground displaying their outfits to all of their classmates. They usually would do two or three laps around and pass before their normally impassive and stern principal, Miss Fezzett, who would be smiling cheerfully today as she tossed peanuts in their shells to the paraders and the kids would zip here and there to scoop them up. Now, after the parade, the children would assemble in the school's basement auditorium where the prizes for best costume would be announced. By this time, the excitement of wearing costumes, seeing everyone in their costumes, and being pelted with peanuts resulted in a barely controlled mob scene. When Miss Pheasant entered the auditorium, all talking stopped. The judging phase of the afternoon was about to begin. Each class had a winner. The prize, as the principal teased, was a shiny, gleaming silver dollar, which made the barely controlled kids look at one another with glee and gasp in excitement. Greta and her classmates waited anxiously for the judge's decision. When the principal announced that the prize, the shiny, gleaming silver dollar, would go to Peter Pan, the kids all initially groaned with disappointment. This evoked a glare from Miss Pheasant, after which erupted a round of cheers and applause from Mr. Peter Pan himself. Greta and Penny shared looks of disappointment, but were nonetheless excited by the prospect of the ice cream party awaiting for them back in the classroom. As the increasingly antsy children were waiting to be dismissed to go to their classrooms, Greta's teacher, Mrs. Emler, tapped her on the shoulder and, looking down at her, said, Greta, why don't you go up and get your prize? Greta, standing stock still, tried to process Mrs. Emler's request. She smiled and, with a puzzled look on her face, said, Mrs. Emler, I didn't win the prize. Peter Pan won. Mrs. Emler shared Greta's confusion. She paused for a second, then said, 
Why, you're Peter Pan, Greta, aren't you? Greta shook her head vigorously. No, no, she was emphatic. I'm Robin Hood. At the same time, Miss Pheasant asked Peter Pan to come up and collect this shining, gleaming prize. Mrs. Emler gently prodded Greta forward as her classmates offered cheers and applause. As she walked towards Miss Pheasant, her face reddened and tears began forming in the corners of her eyes. The principal, noticing Greta's bewildered reaction, thought it was the child's delight at winning the costume contest, beaming. Miss Pheasant crooned, why Greta, you have the best Peter Pan costume I've ever seen outside of the movies. Greta, tears streaming down her reddened cheeks, replied, but, but, Miss Pheasant, my, the principal interrupted and smiling gently at the child said, you're overcome with emotion, dear. That's all right. Here's your wonderful silver dollar. Now dry those tears and go on to your ice cream party. Happy Halloween, dear. Then, carefully avoiding the feather, Miss Pheasant patted the child in the archer's cap, raised her eyebrows at Peter Pan's impressive weaponry, then directed the students off to their respective classrooms. Greta seemed rather glum throughout the party. Even though they had Briar's vanilla with those little pretzel sticks, two of her favorite treats, her girlfriend Penny knew what was bothering her and tried to mitigate her disquiet. Wait till your folks hear you won the dollar, she said excitedly. Wow, what are you going to do with it? Save it? Get the book about Misty, that horse on Chickahooey Island? Penny knew Greta loved the story about Misty of Chincoteague, and it always made her laugh when she pronounced the name of the island wrong. Today, it garnered only a faint smile on Greta's sad, tear-stained little face. Greta's classmates were excited that she won the dollar and commented on how much she looked like Peter Pan. Whenever a kid would mention how neat her outfit was, she encountered with, well, yeah, but... She managed to keep her disappointment and tears to herself for the rest of the afternoon, but was unusually quiet as she ate her treats. The party ended, ice cream and pretzels eaten, and an additional bonus, school was dismissed early with no homework. They never gave homework on Halloween. All chattering and laughing as they exited the school, the ghosts and goblins, the hobos, cowboys, and Indians, all dispersed in the direction of their various neighborhoods as they planned where they would be trick-or-treating and with whom. Greta would walk over to Penny's after dinner and they would meet three other kids from their class and start out at the end of 46th Street. Their mothers all knew the neighborhoods they planned to visit and deemed it safe for the girls. And besides, everybody in the neighborhood knew Greta's brothers and if anyone bothered her, they'd get clobbered. The house that gave out quarters was on their route as well as the Halloween gold standard, the lady with the candy apples. Uh, as long as she can remember though, she and her friends always got there too late. They missed the apples and got soggy ginger snaps instead. Penny turned left by Dr. Rudolph's house on Maple Avenue and Greta walked past the rest of the way home alone. She was happy about winning the dollar today and was looking forward to trick-or-treating tonight, but 
continued feeling disappointed about how the contest turned out. As she made her way down 46th Street, her mother was speaking with a neighbor the kids called Aunt Kate. Her mother spotted her and could tell by her posture something was amiss. She left the conversation with Kate and walked up to meet Greta. When they met, Greta wrapped her arms around her mom and sobbed. She told of winning the contest, but not the way she wished. Her mother wiped the tears from her cheeks, then, placing her hands on her quivering shoulders, looked kindly at her and asked how winning the contest disappointed her. She said that she was Robin Hood, and the judges all thought she was Peter Pan. Peter Pan really won the contest, Mom, she cried, not me, not Robin Hood. Through tears and gasps, she and her mother walked down the street to home. Greta explained to her mother how they all thought she was the wrong person and shouldn't have won the silver dollar in the first place. You know, sweetie, Mom said, they wore the same kinds of clothes back then, didn't they? It'd be easy to mistake them, like if you and Penny wore the same things to school. You, you guys were both about the same height, right? How easy would it be to mistake one of you for the other person? Greta listened and she was squinting up at Mom and said, Well, <sighs> easy, I guess. Mom said, I think you're right. Very easy. Greta had stopped crying by the time they reached their steps. Mom said, Let's get you cleaned up and then go down to the shop and tell Dad you won. He'll be so pleased. Greta smiled broadly and hopped up the steps to their front door. She turned to her mom and, smiling broadly, said, Tonight, we're going to go to the house that gives candy apples first. I just can't wait. Vince Lombardi reportedly said, Winning is the only thing. I would have to add an ish to that philosophy. A good sports mandate, but not so much everything else. Greta's goal this Halloween was to emulate her hero, Robin Hood, a stalwart of bravery and justice. But unfortunately, the judges of her school's Halloween costume contest mistook her for Peter Pan, an irresponsible little sprite. To add insult to injury, she won the contest, a gleaming silver dollar. This event raised her disappointment to another level altogether. She felt she won the prize under false pretenses. She was an imposter, a pyrrhic victory. A kind friend and the warmth of her mother enabled her to see her dilemma in a more reasonable light. Hopefully, she scored candy apples instead of soggy ginger snaps that year. Thanks for visiting Tales from Second Street. If you like what you hear, let us know at our website, talesfromsecondstreet.buzzsprout.com or visit us on Facebook at Tales from Second Street. Until next time, take care of yourselves and try not to eat too much of your kids' Halloween treats. <laughs>